Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. The Labor Cup is off and running. Casper Ruud put Team Europe on the board first with a straight set win over American Riley Opelka. And then the match you just saw, Matteo Berrettini coming back as Team Europe on the way to defending the cup. Here's a look back at the three previous editions of this incredible event. New format, something we've never seen before. Too big, too strong, too fast, and simply too good. Roger Federer claims the Labor Cup. Labor Cup 2018. These matches, every single one of them. Incredible spine-tingling stuff. Team Europe goes back to back. Down to the wire, and Team Europe wins the Labor Cup for the third year in a row. Well, Boston fans have seen their Bruins race the Stanley Cup six times, but which team will they witness sipping champagne out of the Labor Cup? Welcome to TC Live, the city of champions, welcoming tennis's best and brightest stars to town. And we welcome you to TC Live, the bridge between the day session and the night session. Take a look at what we have seen thus far. Team Europe out to a blazing start. Casper Ruud with a straight set win over Riley Opelka. And Matteo Berrettini coming back to beat Felix Ojealiassime in a match tiebreak 10-8. Still two more matches to come. One singles between Rublev and Schwarzman. And then our first doubles of this year's Labor Cup. Hi there, Steve Weisman, alongside my friends Chanda Rubin and Nick Monroe. It's the Labor Cup. You know the vibes. Uh, what did you think, Chanda, of the day session and Matteo Berrettini pulling it out in the end? Uh, it was an incredible match for Berrettini. It looked like he was kind of down and out, like OJ Eliassime had all the momentum. But I think it was key, that first set, where Berrettini really made a stand, came back, made it tough, put a little tension in that match, and was able to get it in the end in that match tiebreak. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, he saved 12 of 13 break points throughout that entire match. So that, that was an incredible performance by him and just to be able to keep fighting back and just stay in the moment. So Team Europe, 2-0 lead. But we've got two more matches tonight. So Team World can leave the day. Day one at least tied up. Roger Federer, he started the day with this tweet. Everybody happy to see the man who helped create the Labor Cup. Chanda, hello Boston. Fed's in the house. Yeah, it was great to see him in the stands. We weren't really sure. He must have snuck in maybe <laughs> last night or early this morning, but supporting the event. And uh, of course, we saw Rod Laver as well, who this event is named for. So it just it was just the vibe today. First day of Labor Cup. You felt the energy. Everybody was pumped. And this was one of the great moments. Yeah, and you better believe his, his physio is there. He's still keeping up with his rehab because he's uh, taking it slow, but hopefully he'll be back sooner than later. That was the biggest ovation we heard from TD Garden all day long to the great <laughs> Roger Federer, obviously leading Team Europe the first three times to titles. Mm -hmm. 
We'll see what he does if he's going to get on the can bench. Can he lead them again? <laughs> I know he will. Is that yeah. what you're saying, Steve? Yeah, he's bringing the energy from the stands. He's definitely bringing <laughs> yeah. it, that's for sure. He had yeah. the bench and and the He stands. was up on his feet. I mean, it was great. Right? Yeah. yeah, good to yeah. see Roger Federer. We'll hear more from Roger Federer coming up on TC Live about the rehab that Nick was talking about earlier. If you are new to Labor Cup, welcome to this amazing event. Here's a quick introduction to catch you up on what it's all about. is named in honor of the greatest tennis player of the 20th century, Australia's Rod Rocket Laver. Tennis superstars from Europe team up to take on their counterparts from the rest of the world. Rivals become teammates. Each team is made up of six players. Three of the six earn an invitation based on their ATP singles ranking, and the other three players are captain's picks. Matches are the best of three sets with ad scoring. In the event of split sets, the third set will be a 10-point tiebreak. Matches are worth one point on day one, two points on day two, and three points on day three. The first team to reach 13 points will be the winner. If it's tied after all 12 matches are played, a final decider match will determine the champion. So it's time to choose a side. The best on the planet. Rivals last week, teammates this week, all vying for the greatest trophy in team tennis, the Labor Cup. Like the Hunger Games mixed <laughs> with tennis. You got to love that. What do you think? I mean, what separates Labor Cup to you from all the other team competitions that we've seen? You know, I think a big part of it is how they put the teams together. And you heard on that uh, on that board say, you know, rivals last week, teammates this week. That's kind of the really cool part about it. And it's not just players from the same country. It's from the different parts of the world. And like in the first edition where we got to see Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal on the same side of the Play court. Doubles like doubles together, yeah. I think that's what really sets the competition apart. It creates a different level of excitement. And it's just a lot of fun to see the players with a different energy. This is something, I mean, you're in the locker room with the yeah. guys. Are, are they talking about the Labor Cup bigger than anything else? Yeah, I mean, this is talked about throughout the entire year, just getting ready for the Labor Cup. And, again, like in the locker room, the players are we're all friends. We all go practice together and whatnot. But when it comes to the Labor Cup and whatnot, it kind of you're on a team. You're playing for something else other than yourself. You're playing for each other. And so they just get super pumped up for it. All right, Team Europe, all players in the top ten. Team World trying to win for the very first time. And we had a bunch of guys playing for the first time in the Labor Cup, starting with these two, Chanda. Kasparud just beat Riley Opelka in Cincinnati. Took a bagel set off the big American. He got an early break today. Yeah, it was a little bit of a matchup issue, especially on these courts, a little bit slower. Rude, so good uh, in that type of situation. Quick start in the first set and was just quick off the ball. Was able to get on top of Opelka again, the forehand. Did a lot of damage into the second set. And you kind of wondered, would Apelka really be able to sink his teeth into this match? He came in there, got past, but that type of aggressive play started to play, pay a few dividends for Opelka in the second set. He was able to get it down to the tiebreak forehand off that racket really fast. But in the tiebreak, it was Rude who was able to get off to a quick start. He was able to turn the tables, be a little bit more aggressive, and just out positioning Opelka in the teeth of this match. You saw some confident tennis from Rude, who's won a lot of matches this year, and that came to bear. And what a win for him, really setting the team up, getting that first win. Yeah, setting the tone for Team Europe. Pass for Rude after the match. Jason Goodall spoke to the winner. 
What adjustments did you have to make playing on a hard court against him as opposed to your favorite surface, which is obviously clay? No, I, as many as could see, I tried to stay in, in on the first serves and block the return, try to neutralize his serve. That's the only thing you can try to do. And I know that from the baseline, I've been playing well here all week and trying to play as many points as possible from the baseline. So that's always the plan. And it's not always that everything goes after the plan, but today it, all, it went. And, and uh, yeah, it was just super fun and feel very happy to get Europe off to a good lead. First Norwegian man to crack the top 10. Take a look at the match stats. Actually outserved Riley Opelka, Nick. No, I mean, outserved in there. But again, as Casper was talking about, he tried to play in on the return, just block it back in. Riley's used to getting a lot of free points. Casper is able to get the points started and use his big forehand. So that's what you see in the match stat. Normally, Opelka has more than 66% winning percentage on that first serve. He obviously is pretty higher than that. But Casper uh, was able to dig his teeth in that match and uh, come away with the win. He saved all three of the break points that he faced. He won half of the points on Riley Opelka's second serve. How important yeah. was that? No, that was key, and it just allows you, as a server who's maybe not its biggest server, allows you to be a little more relaxed when you go up to the line and you have the balls in your hand. And I think for Rude, that allowed him to play more aggressively from the ground at times. He had a lot of winners, fewer unforced errors, um, and that helped. And he was just a more solid player today. Opelka was just a little bit off, and against a guy who's that confident with that many wins under his belt, it was just... It was really, a, it made for a tough day at the office. We've heard, Nick, about the conditions of the court TD Garden. It's playing a little bit slower. What effect did that have? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've seen Casper Rude play extremely well on the dirt. So then now with the slower hard court, he was able to step back on those second serves, make heavy returns to get the point started, and just be able to use his legs. He's very good with his legs, which always makes him extremely difficult on clay. So he's able to use that at TD Garden, and that helped him get the W. All right, so Team Europe out to a one nothing lead up next would be the match we just saw. Matteo Berrettini, Felix Ojeali-Asim, good friends, meeting for the fourth time, third this summer, and Felix started strong in this one, Nick. Yeah, he started extremely strong. He actually ended up having eight set points in this first set, but you saw him with that short forehand that he missed on one set point. There's another double fault, and Captain McEnroe, a little worried there, but Felix was able to get this first set, and you saw him there, step back on the second serve return, get some good shape, get the point started, and get that first set. And then we go into the second set, and this is where Berrettini, he saved four or four break points that he had against him and was able to come up with some big serves, big forehands. Again, we talked about the speed of the court, and Berrettini was able to just unleash some forehands throughout this second set. And again, just good defense and able to just keep the ball. This was an amazing lob. Keep the point going in that second set. Look at the energy that they're giving their man Berrettini, Team World. All right, Team Europe. And then here in the tie break, Berrettini just kept the point going. We saw Felix was up 7-5 seven, seven, five in this tiebreaker. And then it got back to 7-all. And you just saw that he just got, started getting a little bit nervous there in the 10-point breaker was Felix just because he had so many chances. And Berrettini saved 12 of 13 break points throughout this entire match. And Felix kind of felt like that was weighing on him throughout this match. And then here with an amazing pass. Can we talk about Daniel? <laughs> Felix changed one shoe at 7-5 exactly. in the tie break. Felix is up 7-5 in the breaker. He's got to change both shoes. He's up 7-5 in the breaker, slid to hit his shot. The shoelace broke and actually went over the changeover, had to change shoes, only changed one of the shoe, and you said that was going to be the end of them. But as here we see the match stats. 
Felix, again, or the biggest match stat for me was just Berrettini saving 12 of 13 break yeah. points. I mean, it's not That's up huge. there, but that was massive throughout this throughout this match. But uh, Berrettini just showed some good stuff there at the end. Listen, yeah. you bring up a great point, Chanda. It, it was 7-5. He changes one shoe. Not both shoes, one <laughs> I, shoe. I, I and he only wins one point I after I could that. not understand it. It's like, Steve. did I, he only have one you left shoe had, in his bag? He definitely had he two had in there. Shoes, he had to. Right? You know he had a pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like that was a rookie mistake. And yeah, you have one used shoe and one new shoe, and that different. definitely feels different. Yeah, yeah. The, sure. the momentum's going to be different it's heading rich. into the night. I mean, yeah. Team World yeah. needed Felix to change both shoes. But <laughs> see if the shoe was on the other foot when it comes to the night session. Uh, we will be back with more TC Live after this, getting you all set for tonight. Diego Schwartzman and Andre Rublev are first up on TD Garden Arena. Andy Murray in action in France, doing something he hasn't done all year long. We'll tell you what that is. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Chad and Nick, Steve, back with you on TC Live. One of the biggest tournaments of the year. Back with a special fall edition. For the very first time, Tennis Channel has exclusive live coverage of the BNP Paribas Open. From first fall all the way through the singles finals, the ATP and WTA action from Indian Wells, California, begins on Wednesday, October 6th. We go to Mets. In France, and we find Andy Murray playing his first quarterfinal of the year. Nick taking on Hubert Hurkacz. It's a rematch from Cincinnati that the Polish star won. Yeah, you know, it's good to see Andy Murray obviously coming over with two wins before this match against Kumbera and Pospis. So he had a three break points in this first set. You see the frustration that he, he has here with not getting these break points. He just hasn't felt like he's coming up as much in those break point opportunities as he normally does. But for Hurkacz, he just stayed with it, got a lucky leg court here to win the first set. And after he won this first set, he just started swinging freely. Went up a break early, started serving bigger, hitting bigger. He had 13 aces throughout this match, was 83% for serve point one. And he became solid as a rock throughout this match from this from that point on after winning the first. And now he's moving on to next. Career best fourth semifinal of the season for Hercott. He is ninth in the race to turn, having a fantastic season. Andy Murray, though, got to be pleased with making the quarterfinals here in France. Who will Hercott take on? Marcos Giron, Peter Goyavchek, both pulling off big upsets this week. The American took out Alex Dimonor. Gojo beat Corinne Hatchinoff, Chanda. Giron, his first blood there with that forehand, was able to get the first set tucked away. But Goyevchek turned the tables early in the second. And with that forehand, better court positioning, able to get a bit more aggressive, got the early break, and held on to his serve. He had a terrific serving day, Goyevchek, winning a high percentage behind the first serve. That allowed him to set up the forehand, take over the middle of the court. And in the end, the third set, Jerome double faulted to lose that one. Not a good feeling, but nice for Goyevchek turning that one around. 
second semifinal of the year. He is back in the top 100 when he's on. Very tough to beat. So it's going to be Goryavchek against Herkoc on one side. And then Gael Malfis, who's been playing very well of late, takes on Pablo Carina Busta. Semifinals are set in Mets. One man not advancing, Andy Murray, but he is the one we're going to talk about because he had a couple of nice wins. Ugo Umber, he beat him in three sets. He also took out Vashik Pospisil. This is a former world number one. This is a multiple-time major champion. Uh, Chanda, what was most encouraging to you about what you saw from Andy Murray this week? Yeah, I, I thought he did a good job just managing his movement, the physical nature of some of these matches, and you talk about you know, the major injuries that uh, Andy Murray has had with the hip, and you just wondered how he would come back, if he would have a similar level of movement. It's not quite the way it was at his best, but he's a smarter player. He understands his game a bit more. And against a guy who's had a great year in Hercatch, you know, he acquitted himself well. I think he should take a lot of positives from the results this week, from the wins that he had. And that's what you really need when you're working your way back from that kind of major injury. You need those little bits of encouragement that just tell you you're on the right track. No, absolutely. I mean, this match against Hercots was an hour and 50 minutes, so almost two hours long, and beating Umber and Pospisil, two great players, you know, so to be able to feel like you can get through two tough players and then also get through a two-hour battle against Hercots, he's feeling like his body is ready to go. It can last a little bit longer. You're always a little bit worried when it comes to the hip, your movement, because his legs are everything, right? He needs his legs to be able to be successful, and now he's feeling like he can finally start to use his legs and be one of the top players again. Listen, he, he took Sitsipas to five sets of the U.S. Open as well. This is a guy who is showing that he can compete at the highest level. We'll see him in San Diego next week as well. The ladies are over in Ostrava. Been a great week of tennis so far in the Czech Republic. Iga Sviantek, Chanda, top seed at a WTA event for the very first time, taking on the big-hitting Elena Rifakina. Yeah, and this was a fantastic first set from Sviantek. She got up the early break, uh, but it was Rifakina who hits the ball big, who's had some good match wins this year, able to take it to the tie break. But it was Fiontech again with her better movement, able to close off the court, able to spread her shots around when she needed to. And once she got that first set tucked away, she relaxed a little bit more. Fiontech started hitting out. Again, you see the movement there, just getting to those extra balls, putting Rabakina in difficult positions. And Fiontech able to close out a real confidence-boosting match getting through this one. Yeah, she was superb behind that first serve, won more than 75% of those points. Iga is moving on to the semifinals. How about Maria Sakari at a career-high 12 in the world, looking for her first title this year, taking on the local favorite, Teresa Martinsova. Yeah, she, you know, she only won 61% of her first serve percentage points, but you see how well she moves. She goes from defense to offense so well, as we saw in the pass earlier. And then again, she's got a big forehand, so she's able to move her opponents around. And then when she's able to use that drop shot after moving her, pushing her opponents back behind the court, that is lethal. And so confidence breeds confidence. You know, she made the semifinals U.S. Open, so now she's feeling good and on to another semifinal here in Ostrava after winning this match. That's match point for Maria Sakri. She is moving on. The one thing that's uh, tough for her, when she makes the semifinals 0 for 5 this year in the Final Four and has lost nine semifinals in a row, can she break the streak against Iga Sviantek? We've got to look at the glass half full, Steve. She's <laughs> getting to those I was being a negative Nancy there. Yeah, totally. yeah, and two of them at major, so that is a good sign for Sakari, who <laughs> is playing some fantastic Nine tennis. semifinals. <laughs> I will. I mean, keep putting yourself in that position. Wouldn't you, Steve? I, absolutely. <laughs> if I'm Felix, I take eight finals, eight right? Finals okay, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Contivate and Kvitova there at the bottom as well. Great semifinal lineup in Ostrava. 
Andre Rublev, Diego Schwartzman, they are coming up to start the night session. TD Garden right there in Boston. We are looking forward to it. And look at Jack Sock and John Isner hitting some balls out there. Isner getting ready for his doubles match later tonight. And this is what's still to come on TC Live as we get you set for the night session. Roger Federer will tell us how he's doing in terms of that rehab to the knee. It's one of the greatest rivalries in the history of the sport. We'll take you inside Borg McEnroe, the two captains. And, well, is there a new bathroom break policy coming to tennis? We'll let you know. Stay with us. DC Live leading up to the night session in Boston. Andre Rublev, Diego Schwartzman meeting for the second time. It was Rublev that won in five sets at Roland Garros four years ago. Courts are slow. People of Boston used to winning and seeing sports dynasties. And will we get another one? Team Europe has been an absolute dynasty when it comes to the Labor Cup. Three straight wins from Prague to Chicago to Geneva. The team world, very close a couple years ago. Roger Federer played a big part in getting that win, helped create this event in 2017 as a way to shine a light on the legends like Rod Laver and many, many others who paved the way for today's stars. He is in Boston to support Team Europe and gave us an update on his health. Rehab is going uh, really good, I must say. I've had uh, no setbacks. You know, every day is a better day. I'm feeling um, strong and um, excited for what's to come. I experienced it, of course, already a little bit last year, and I was actually surprised how somewhat easy it was for me to go through the rehab process because I know it's not everybody's favorite thing to do, especially as a, as a top athlete. But I think maybe after all these years of traveling, it's also always nice to be home, um, having more time for the family and, and other things. Of course, I wish I could be back on the tennis court as quick as possible, but I have to be patient. And uh, look, it's a, it's, a, it's a slower period right now. And uh, I got to take it step by step. And uh, so far, so good. So I'm very happy. So far, so good. That's what we like to hear. Uh, he's in Boston. He, he seems jovial. He seems happy. And he, and he seems like he's on track. What, what did you take away from what you just heard? No, absolutely. I mean, obviously, being an older athlete, it's going to take time. And he knows that. So, you know, we want Roger back on the court. So as long as it takes, just take your time and, and get back out there when you can. Yeah, and of course wants to be as close to as best as possible and, and you have to work your way sort of into matches again. But there's a fine line between, you know, working your way into matches and being healthy and being ready to play. So sometimes you've got to kind of gauge that. Roger Federer he seems to have a really good handle on what that looks like for him. He's played a long time. He's played in a lot of different situations. And you figure he's going to come back when he knows he's ready. Yeah, and as an athlete, I mean, we always want to be on the court. We always want to be training. We always want to try to get that edge over, the, over our opponents. But... For him, it's more about the rehab and the rest. And as he was talking about family time, I mean, that's ex mm -hmm. extremely important. So when he does come back, he'll be extremely 100% ready to go. Uh, he's taking the best out of everything. So you yeah. get some time off. You get to spend yeah. time with the family. He's embracing the rehab. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we see wherever he goes, he is completely beloved by the tennis community. As you see earlier today at TD Garden, Roger Federer, I mean, literally a standing ovation for this guy. He says he wants to play the Labor Cup next year, which is at the O2 Arena in London, 
when he left, I mean, he's still making quarterfinals at a major. So yeah. this guy is still at the top of the game, still a top 10 player right now. Yeah, I know. We're so used to him winning everything, right? So we're like, only made quarterfinals? No, <laughs> that's still pretty good, let's be honest. But, I mean, how clean does the guy look? The guy always looks so fresh and clean, Roger Federer, huh? I Especially mean, being man. at home with four-plus kids. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I say plus because he's got twins, he's you know? It's got to be like yeah. double, but exactly. it's amazing how he just seems to be in such a great space and, he seems to, you know, think of things in the right way. And, and certainly this is giving him a little taste of what life will be like after tennis. But he seems eager to get back as well. Listen, he's, he's done so much. 103 titles. Uh, he's got 20 majors. Still tied mm -hmm. at the top right now. When he comes back, it, it's all about winning, right? It's still all about winning majors. It's not just about making the quarterfinals. Well, of course, I mean, you have to think that for Roger Federer, you know, it's disappointing to him, you know, quarterfinals, even losing in a final, you know, yeah. it's like he's out there to win, to win majors, um, to add to that tally and feel like, you know, he's playing his best, especially on those surfaces like, you know, grass in particular, the surfaces where he has been so dominant. So that's for sure going to be the goal. I mean, you've got to imagine he's looking at where he will be, you know, come Wimbledon time and then, you know, looking at Labor Cup as well. No, I'd agree with you, Shannon. I mean, obviously, he's going to tailor his schedule to his best surfaces, which will be the grass. And, and maybe if he can come back for Australia, that'd be great. But again, he wants to just tailor it to where he can win one more slam, maybe two more, because he's looking at Novak. He knows where Novak and Rafa, you know, tied. So, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to see him come back and hopefully see what he can do. Crazy that we're ending this year, 2020. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> wild. Uh, much more still to come here on TC Live as we lead you to the night session in Boston. That is coming up next. The Chase for the Championships, 4 a.m. Eastern overnight. TC Live right back with you, 12.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, leading up to the day session at TD Garden. Day two from the Labor Cup tomorrow. Everything's worth two points, but two more matches tonight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ruben Monroe Weissman back on TC Live. Here is where we stand so far. Day one, day session. Casper Ruud and Matteo Berrettini giving Team Europe a 2-0 lead on Team World. Coming up tonight, we are just hearing 7.45 Eastern is the walkout for Andre Rublev and Diego Schwartzman. That'll be followed by our first doubles match. Sasha Zverev, Matteo Berrettini going up against Big John Isner and Denis Shapovalov. Well, the biggest stars... Maybe on the benches, fire and ice. John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg renew their rivalry as Labor Cup captains. John McEnroe, currently Wimbledon's public enemy number one. Bjorn Borg, the hero, already a four-time champion. Now the main course. We are a little bit different, I think. Uh, you could see that on, on, on the court. I think he, he's more uh, aggressive. We have different styles, obviously, uh, but uh, he, you can't you can't argue with, with his results. And sometimes he does like rubbing it in a little bit, which I, I don't particularly care for, but I have to accept it.
So this to me is going to sting for quite a while. Um, this run really hurts. I'll tell you one thing. I hope it's going to sit for quite a while with him. <laughs> for many years to come, we are sitting here today. We won. Simple as that. That's right. Come on, that's very cruel. Um, that's unnecessary uh, for someone who's supposedly so mild-mannered. And uh, you know, even keeled, I would be surprised. Uh, he must have been celebrating with his, his players. But uh, deep down, I mean, he was a killer at heart on the court. Uh, I know that because I played him a bunch of times. And, uh, you know, he wanted it more than almost anyone that ever played the game. And... Uh, he gave it his all while he played. Many years ago, we were com competing against each other, and now we are captain to different teams. To me, the Labor Cup was, was the most innovative and exciting thing that had happened in 10 years in tennis. To be part of the Labor Cup, it's, it's for me, and I, I'm sure for John too, it's a big honor for, for both of us to be captains for the teams. I mean, these guys are absolute legends. It is so cool to have them as captains during the Labor Cup. Bjorn Borg, John McEnroe, they played 14 times uh, at the professional level on tour, seven apiece. But now Borg, 3-0 when it, when it comes to the <laughs> Labor Cup. And Chetta, when they played, I mean, they always played big matches. Yeah. Nine finals, four semifinals. The other one was in the, the year-end finals. Well, they were two players at the top of the game, so they weren't going to be playing in the first round. <laughs> but it's amazing how they brought it in those big matches. And, you know, you, you saw kind of the opposite styles in terms of how they played, even the, their demeanors, what, what seemed to be how they thought on court. And yet it was always kind of fun and entertaining. And watching clips of some of the matches, are it's unbelievable. You can serve in volley, Steve. I mean, <laughs> like, that's it's the other part. That is still a thing. Yeah. Uh, Macro did it so well, but Borg, I mean, the perfect foil at times. Yeah, and, and Borg talks about how, you know, they were both fighting for number one and, and obviously just respected each other so well. They still talk frequently, call each other, family see each other. And, uh, yeah, and they're just two completely different people. I mean, you see McEnroe when he's, when he's coaching the team. He's actually coaching him, and he's on the guys. And, Felix, you got to do this and that. And whereas Borg's kind of listening and may, maybe not even saying anything and letting the players talk to the other players on the team, and he just kind of sits back. So they're two completely different coaching styles as well, along with their playing styles. Yeah, you can totally see their personalities <laughs> come out on the bench yeah. as captains. Chanda, somebody who played for a legend, Billie Jean King, when it came to the Fed Cup. What do you think it's like for these players? I mean, it's incredible. I also played on a team tennis team with Bjorn Borg, so that was super cool. And I was really young coming out and, you know, kind of just being around that, that R. But playing for Billie Jean King, you know, you just want to play your best. You want, you know, to show what you have. And then you have, you know, this legend on the side giving you advice, encouraging you. That, I think, is, is an incredible experience for any player. And it's one of those things that, especially when you're developing, that, you know, there's nothing that can replace that, you know, that kind of experience. And so I always appreciated that um, in Fed Cup, which is now the Billie Jean King Cup. And for these players, you see that kind of energy. Yeah. You know, they want to bring it. And it's not about, you know, points. It's not about money. It's about just giving your best, showing what you have and, and what you've worked for. What has Jack Sock told you about what it's like to have John McEnroe there on the bench with him? Well, I mean, he, he was talking about, look, I mean, it's amazing just to listen to him and the experience. And you can see the sparkle in Jack's eyes. I could see the sparkle in Felix's eyes when, when John McEnroe was telling him what to do today. It was just kind of like they were still in awe and shock of, this is actually my, my captain, you know. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're in the moment. And, and, and you want to play for your teammates, but you're also playing for John McEnroe because you feel that energy of he wants to win, right? So that's what they're playing for. Chad, 
Tell me some more about playing with Bjorn on the same team. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was pretty cool. I think was, he, was he pretty laid back and chilled so out? Back. He had to been super chilled out. Chill, yeah. Super chill. But he, he knew he, the vibe? He was so he knew the vibe. Okay. 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 You know the vibe. <laughs> you know the vibe. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it was an incredible experience because, yeah, I didn't know what to expect. And I think I was about 16 at the time. And, you know, just watching kind of how he went about things. Of course, he was retired at this point, but still playing good tennis. Didn't hardly have to practice. And then he'd go out and just be slapping the ball around that part was amazing uh, but just a very very quiet underspoken personality but you could tell when he was out there that little bit of fire that would come out you know in in matches uh it was for me it was a great experience that's so cool and for john McEnroe, what a cool experience in boston he's a huge new york mets fan we've seen him with the cap on walking out fenway park one of the greatest ballparks in the history of the sport and he's got that lefty swing. Johnny Mack, lefty, so he doesn't have to worry about the green monster either, Nick. Yeah, I mean, look, I feel like this guy could do anything he wants to do. He's going to find a way. He's got that passion and, and fire to do anything. Yeah. There it is. Look at that. He's such a great athlete. And, and the talent, the racket yeah. talent, and you figure that can translate you know, to other sports for sure. Uh, but there's no personality like John McEnroe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, these two are, are folks that are, are absolute legends. And yes. Bjorn Borg, he's got a son, Leo Borg, that we yeah. saw at Roland Garros yep. make a nice run in the juniors, also was in the U.S. Open juniors, and he's rising up the ranks right now. Yeah, and I've met him a few times. He's, he's very soft-spoken as well, but he's extremely hard worker. He, he was actually came to Necker Cup when I went there, and then he played in Bolstad when I was at the ATP event there. He was playing in the Challenger and then played qualities at the ATP event, but It'll be fun to watch him come up. He works hard and soft-spoken like his dad, so we'll see what happens. Those are big shoes to fill. Big shoes to Hopefully fill. Hopefully he doesn't feel like he has to fill them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully he yeah. can ha- be his own person, play his own game, which we kind of saw that a bit um, at Roland Garros this year where he just battled. He got mm-hmm. down and he fought, and it wasn't about you know who his dad was, what his name was. It was just about matching up against his opponent, and it's part of why he was able to do so well. So hopefully he can keep that, that mindset. And also it keeps Bjorn in the game because he's going to be <laughs> coming to watch his son play. Yeah, so true. that's cool to see as well. We'll keep an eye on the captains throughout the night here on Tennis channel we are leading up to our night session from boston it's andre rublev diego schwartzman up first 7 45 p.m eastern is when we will get things going at td garden Welcome back. One big story on and off court this summer has been the amount of time it takes Stefano Tsitsipas to use the bathroom. Alexander Zverev called him out in Cincinnati for an extended trip to the restroom and accused the Greek star of taking his cell phone with him. And then Andy Murray went off on Tsitsipas during the first round of the U.S. Open and tweeted, quote, it takes Stefanos twice as long to go to the bathroom as it takes Jeff Bezos to fly into space, end quote. Tsitsipas said he is not breaking any rules. Novak Djokovic supported him, but there may be a rule change. Take a look at this. The men's governing body says that they may impose stricter rules on bathroom breaks. Let's talk about it. The bathroom brouhaha. One of our big (laughs) tennis topics, Steve Weissman, Shanda Rubin, Nick Monroe. What should we do here, Nick? Should we make a rule that there is a time limit? I mean, you're, you're still out there, to, that you, you can only take so long to go to the bathroom. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's got to be a time limit, right? I mean, if you're taking eight to ten minutes, and for a guy like Murray, who's 34 years old, he has to sit there, his body cools down, and then when he comes back out, he's not really ready to go. So I feel like there's got to be some sort of a time limit. I'm not going to be the one to tell you the number. Give us a number. I'm going to give you a number. I'm going to say five minutes. Okay. How long does it take you? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go with two and a half minutes, okay? okay? Like, I can go bathroom, come back in two and a half. Depends on how far the locker room is, Steve. You're putting me on the spot here. Depends I felt on like that was a little is. personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had, listen, I had to think about talking. it. Yeah, yeah. It's a bathroom so, break segment. <laughs> no, so, I mean, I, I, again, like, you know, Sissy Bus took seven and a half minutes, yeah. and, and that's, that's a long time, right? And I feel like you can – and especially at the U.S. Open, the locker room is not far from Stadium Court. I mean, it's literally 30 steps off the court. Bathroom's right there. Use the bathroom, come back. So, again, I'm going five minutes of clothes or less. As well, right? So you, change of clothes, change of clothes you can be quick whatever. with that. You can be quick with yeah. that. Five minutes. Chanda, yeah. what say you? Well, I think that's kind of the issue is, is how far the bathroom is from the court, depending on where you're playing and, and how that venue is set up. And at the U.S. Open, it's really close. And so it stood out even more that this bathroom break went on and on and on. I think you've got to kind of figure that part out in terms of how long it takes to, to get to some of the, the bathroom areas from the court. But certainly maybe just set out, you know, have a set amount of time in between sets or in between a, a second and third set or, or a, you know, fourth and fifth set where players can go off, do whatever they need to do, both players. And so that, you know, one player doesn't feel like the other is doing it as gamesmanship or to cool cool them off a little bit. Um, one of those bathroom breaks Sitsipas took after he won the set you know it was just yeah. a bit strange yeah. um, and so so for some players they just need that kind of time to just yeah. reset that's fine but just make it uniform make it so everyone understands and a player isn't sitting there having to guess like when is the match going to start again that's the worst part and almost I think as we were talking about how far the bathroom is from the court maybe you start a timer as soon as the person gets to the bathroom as soon as they get to the locker room okay now the timer starts because sometimes the bathroom is far away in some of these places but in other places it's right around the corner so um yeah but i'm still sticking with five minutes or less yeah i i just think it needs to be uniform because yeah. it can't be tournament by tournament by turn by tournament yeah. and depending how far the locker room is from yeah. each event it's if it's five minutes a run yeah. right yeah mm-hmm. get there and get that sweat get on your and, and get, get your business done and get back to the court but i think if you did have a set amount of time in between these sets that players could take then everybody would know Everybody would right. have that time frame, you know, in their minds. And, you know, I think you would have more players taking advantage of it. And, you know, those players would not then feel taken advantage of uh, yeah. if they have that same opportunity. And it's not just part of, oh, this player is deciding, you know, because they're losing. So I think you can, you know, have something a little more uniform. It would help with television as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when we're on the other side now, we're, you know, having to feel like <laughs> yeah, we're doing yeah. right now. Right. <laughs> we're just having yeah, to talk. And we, yeah. we don't know what's going on. So I think yeah. if you had a set amount of time it would help for all the entities involved all right we we hope that happens by the way since bus did not break a single rule right there there is because there is no there is no rule he could have taken a half hour and that still wouldn't have been breaking a rule sasha's Zverev, he was not pleased at all in cincinnati made a big stink about since leaving the court and leaving with his entire bag so nick what do you make of him taking his entire bag because he also made a big accusation. He accused him of texting with his dad. Well, the thing is, when, when we do walk off the court, you have an umpire who goes with you off the court, so they're actually in the locker room with you. But then if you do go in the stall, okay, they're not going to follow you in there. So, you know, does Zverev know if he took his cell phone? Cell phone could have been in the bag, but again... You know, I feel like I, you shouldn't be able to take your whole bag. It should be if you're taking clothes, okay, take that with you, and, and that's it. But uh, to take your whole bag, and there we see 
This didn't help the situation. Texting. <laughs> so that, that does not help the situation. The yeah, yeah. Okay, hits his bearer's forehand and then run him this way. Yeah, that, that yeah. did not look good for the Sissipas camp right there. But it was interesting kind of where that accusation came from. Was it just because of Sissipas' dad texting at that time? Or, or was it something he's seen? Or is it something he's done? Zverev, I mean, how do you, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. how did you come up with I, that I think, accusation? I think it's, it's been, it's something that he's seen and, and it's been talked about in the locker room. And, and uh, then when you have the dad texting away and Zverev <laughs> sees that, then it's an automatic, like, I'm going to blow Literally. up. I'm going to blow up. Stefano Sissipas, by the way, said he did not take his yeah. cell phone, did not do any texting. And then the next tournament, he brings a, a clear bag with his clothes. With his clothes, you could see. There was no fair cell enough, phone. Fair enough, fair enough. In there. Fair play. Uh, I like that. You know the vibe. Yeah, you know the vibe. You know the vibe. <laughs> By the way, the vibe's a little awkward in Boston. They're on the same team. So, they are, they are on the so same how's team. that going to work out with Zverev and Tsitsipas now? Well, I think they've been sitting on opposite sides of the bench. So <laughs> it would be interesting if they sit next to each other. Then we can really see what the vibe is like. So. <laughs> You never know. I mean, you know, tennis players are sort of used to having to go into situations and, you know, play doubles with, you know, person you competed against and, and what have you. So I think they'll handle it professionally. They're on the same team now. But that doesn't mean it's all hunky-dory there. So we'll see. We'll see how yeah, it goes. and with Borg as the captain, look, he, he's so laid back, and he's going to be like, guys, we're a team. Let's figure yeah. it out, and, and, and they'll be fine. Zverev has played all of the Labor Cups. This is the second one for Tsitsipas. He's 1-0 he's in singles, 0-2 mm -hmm. in doubles. Back to the bathroom breaks. The ATP considering a rule change to get a time limit. Nick Monroe says five minutes. I might go, guys. Sorry, yeah. I gotta. Yeah, go. You, got no, five no, minutes. Minutes. Five minutes? you have three right. minutes. Three minute break. Me or what? We'll be back. <laughs> 7:45. It is Rublev and Schwartzman. It is 2-0 for Team Europe right now over Team World. Day one of the 2021 Labor Cup. Rublev Schwartzman, followed by our first doubles of this year's Labor Cup. Zvera Berrettini against Isner and Shapovalov. Pay attention if Tsitsipas is on the bench for that Zverev match. We're going to take a uh, little break, potty break. We'll be back. Nighttime in Boston, Fenway Park, all the sights in Beantown, the site of Labor Cup 2021. Two matches in the books. And this will start our night session, 7.45 p.m. Eastern. Andre Rublev and Diego Schwartzman. Schwartzman beat him in five sets at Roland Garros four years ago, looking to put Team World on the board. We're down 2-0 after the day session on day one. Steve Weissman, Chanda Rubin, Nick Monroe back with you. We are your bridge between the day and night sessions of the Labor Cup. Looking forward to seeing our first doubles as well. But let's get you caught up on what happened earlier today. The first match of the day was Casper Ruud taking on the big man, Riley Opelka. Casper Ruud actually got his 100th career win on the ATP Tour against Riley Opelka in Cincinnati, Chanda. Uh, it started strong for Ruud again. Yeah, he's been winning a lot of matches this year, Rude, playing confident tennis. We talked about how well he plays on the clay, but he got it done on these hard courts that are a little bit slower, gave him a little more time to set up forehands like that last one. Was able to take the first set pretty routinely. Uh, in the second, though, Opelka tried to make a stand, started coming in a little bit more, being more aggressive. Rude had the answer there, but that type of play allowed Opelka to be more aggressive in some critical moments and get the second set to a tie break. But again, it was Rude getting off to a quick start, got the early mini break, 
and Rude was able to take control. Got a little more aggressive with better court positioning there, showing some comfort in those different areas of the court. And it's that type of confident play from Rude that has gotten him so many wins this year, and he got off to a good start for his team today. Won nearly 80% of his service points. Team Europe with the first point, and Casper Rude with Jason Goodall after. What adjustments did you have to make playing on a hard court against him as opposed to your favorite service, which is obviously clay? No, I, as many could see, I tried to stay in, in on the first serves and block the return, try to neutralize his serve. That's the only thing you can try to do. And I know that from the baseline, I've been playing well here all week and trying to play as many points as possible from the baseline. So that's always the plan. And it's not always that everything goes after the plan, but today it, all, it went. And, and uh, yeah, it was just super fun and feel very happy to get Europe off to a good lead. The guy who had more aces than Opelka in Cincinnati didn't have that today, but certainly 19-9 winners to unforced errors. He won all of his points at the net. Casper Root has been balling out this year. Four titles. Nick, he was the, the first guy in a decade to win back-to-back-to-back to back to back titles. Three weeks, three titles. Hadn't happened since 2011. Andy Murray, what are guys saying in the locker room about Casper Root right now? Well, in the beginning, it was like, wow, you know, obviously we knew his favorite service was play, but for anyone to go win a title and then go win another one, that's amazing. You win two in a row, then you win three of them, because obviously after you win that first one, you're a little tired, you're, you're excited about just winning that first one, and just to get through that first round of the second tournament is amazing, and then he went and won three titles. So mm. in the beginning, it was, is he a clay court dog? What is he? But now he's showing he can play on hard court, and he's beating some of the best in the world on a hard court, so he's, he's a man to be reckoned with. And this is a guy, Chanda, who we talked about Bjorn Borg, Leo Borg, his father, top 50 player as well. So he's got the lineage, but now he is a top 10 player, Casper Root. Yeah, I mean, he's used experience that his dad had, and he's built on that and, and creating a bit of a legacy here in his career. You can see winning breeds winning. And when you start getting those matches under your belt, you feel more confident, you get things done under pressure, that helps your game to grow. And I think for Rude, we're seeing that, and it's going to translate to the hard courts. He has a good base. Often you see players kind of go and, and grind it out on the clay, and that sets them up on the other surfaces. I think for Rude, he's got a fantastic base to build from. You know, match like that where he gets through with so few unforced errors, still playing aggressively with a number of winners, that's going to, I think, help his game continue to move in that positive direction. But he's, he's been a fantastic player to watch. And with Roger Federer watching in the stands, <laughs> he got it done against Riley Opelka. Second match had two debutantes to the Labor Cup as well. The Italian Matteo Berrettini and his friend Felix Auger-Aliassime. As they say, friends turn rivals turn teammates, but here they are against one another, and Felix Oje Aliassim, nice start in this match, but had a whole bunch of set points. Took him a while, Nick, to get this one done. Yeah, he had eight set points in the first set, and as you saw, a missed forehand, then a double fault, but then here he was able to get it done, up 6-3 in the breaker, took a step back on that second serve return, gave it some good shape. Berrettini missed the forehand, and then in the second set, Berrettini started finding his range, using his big forehand again. This court is pretty slow, so if he's able to get a hold of the forehand, you can be in trouble, and you're going to be running a lot. But for Felix, again, just a few too many double faults and missed shots off the forehand side. But Berrettini was able to show his defense as well with this unbelievable lob, being able to stay in the point. And then look at his energy that he was able to show the Team Europe. And then once it went to a 10-point buster, anything can happen here. And Felix was able to go up 7-5 in the breaker. But then Berrettini was able to come back, showing good defense. And this is a volley that Felix would love to have back. One of those where it didn't need to be that good. Just over the net, make your opponent run for it. 
And another tough point here where Berrettini just showed again, good defense, using a slice and a big forehand. And that's the side that Felix struggles with on the forehand side in key moments. He pulls his head off the ball a little bit too early sometimes. And then what a pass from Berrettini. And he's able to get his left foot out and just a, make a dart of a passing shot. Comes back from a set down, puts Team Europe up 2-0. And Matteo Berrettini with Jim Furrier after. How did you turn this one around? How did you secure the victory? I don't know. Just, just fighting. Uh, I felt the match was really hard. Uh, you know, Felix was playing really good, not giving me anything, no mistakes, uh, serving really well, and nothing. I felt a different energy. You know, we are playing for my team, not just for myself, for my family that is there. So I felt great, and they helped me a lot. That's what it's all about: playing for your team, playing for your family. Uh, which of these stats stand out to you, Nick? Uh, the biggest one is the one in the green. Felix one for 13, winning on his break point opportunities. So Berrettini was just able to stay in those points, and, and that was huge because Felix felt like it could have been even a 3-3 three three match for Felix, but Berrettini hung tough, big shots on the forehand. He's obviously going to have a lot of winners and unforced errors, Berrettini, but I love the net points one as well for Berrettini. Coming in a lot, 21-29. They're playing on an indoor court. Play aggressively and, and try to take it to your opponent. Chanda, not pictured in the highlight, Shoegate. Let's talk about it. What happened? I mean, at 7-5, Felix, he, his shoelaces broke. He had a shoe malfunction. He went and changed one shoe. Who does that? Uh, you know you have both shoes you in the bag. You have both so shoes gotta... in your bag for sure. Why would you not change both shoes? Because it has to feel different. It, it's yeah. absolutely yeah. different when you put on a new shoe versus one you've been wearing and sliding in. And it was just interesting, that moment. I mean, we're, we're making a little bit of it. But for me, it was kind of big. And at that point... Well, you said at 7-5, you said yeah, well, you when change. he's not changing both shoes, like, this does not look good for him the rest of the match. And it's sure a weird enough, feel. Yeah, he won one point out of six. One point out of six know, after that. Going uh, from 7-5. Yeah. So difficult way to end. You saw the disappointment from Felix as well, losing that match. You know, Team World, they needed that one yeah. to really stabilize themselves on this first day. But it's still a long weekend. Marsh Blackman, it's got to be the shoes. It's got to be the shoes. Well, shoe gate from now on. It's shoe gate it's from shoe now gate. on. Yeah, two left feet. Just, just change the left one. I mean, you yeah. got to get both wheels. Maybe he just change only all had the, the tires. left one in his shoe. Maybe he just had the only left one in his back. So I mean, that that would have been. Yeah. I don't know what I think. Left the right one that. in the hotel. Yeah. He just knew he'd need to change. Yeah, yeah just that one. <laughs> two matches down, still two more to go. We are getting close to the night session in Boston. Andre Rublev and Diego Schwartzman. Can the Argentine put Team World on the board? And then we got doubles actions. Vera Berrettini taking on Isner and Shapovalov. Don't go anywhere. Back on TC Live, other action earlier today from Nur Sultan, Kazakhstan. A rematch from the Winston-Salem semifinals. Ilya Ivashka, he's had a career-high 52, won that match over Emil Rusevori on the way to his first career title. What happened today, Nick? I mean, I'll tell you what, Ivashka doesn't seem to lose anymore. We just talked about how he won Winston-Salem, beat Rusevori in the semifinals, and then was in the third round of the U.S. Open as well. This was a two-hour and 50-minute match from Ivashka, but he, just, he has massive hitting, and he's starting to find the court. I've always watched him play before when he was 80, 90 in the world, and he would hit big, but he would miss after the third or fourth ball. Now he's just hitting massive, pushing his opponent around the court off both wings, and he's looking to come forward, which you need to do on an indoor hard court, play aggressively. 
He won 73% of his first serve points won, which is a great percentage, and 8 of 11 a break point save. So he's feeling extremely confident, and you better believe he feels like he can win this title. What a beast. He's won 11 of his last 12 matches. We had Paul Aussie battle, John Millman, James Duckworth stand-up. Duckworth, he is playing some of the best tennis of his career, and similarly, it's just finding ways to win matches, seeing the lob there, hit right on the line, helped him take that first set, and stepping well inside the baseline on the return, that's been another added part of Duckworth's game, just trying to play a little more aggressively, trying to, to outmaneuver his opponent, and John Millman, who stays so far behind, can run down a lot of balls to Duckworth, just playing confident tennis, and in the end gets the forehand miss, able to force play enough against John Millman. Yeah, no, I mean, Duckworth, he's playing amazing tennis. He's been working with Wayne Arthurs, and, and they've been putting in a lot of work. Even after the U.S. Open, when he lost early, he stayed a whole nother week, was practicing on the indoor courts with Wayne Arthurs every single day, twice a day, and the work's paying off. Alexander Bublik, he is the Kazakhstani, taking on uh, Swan Kun Wu, and uh, then we've got up top, James Duckworth. He beats the defending champ, John Millman. So looking forward to that. Uh, before we get to social media, because we're going to talk about Emma Raducanu, but Emma Raducanu got rid of her coach, who helped her to win the U.S. Open title, splitting with Andrew Richardson. What do you make of that, Shanda? Well, she got rid of her coach, who helped her get to the fourth round of Wimbledon as well. So yes, that's kind <laughs> of Sears. You know, that's just kind of you what know she what does. she's doing right now, and, and clearly – you know, she feels like she knows her game and she's had, you know, help from her coaches in these recent months. But at the end of the day, you got to like the confidence. And, and I don't know what uh, might have been the issue in, in any of those situations. But from what you hear, you know, her father is very involved mm -hmm. and, and it's more of a team uh, in terms of how they go about things. And so, you know, you got to go with what works. And that has clearly been working for her. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you got to go with what works. And obviously for Emma, she just feels that you know, maybe the relationship wasn't there as far as just communication, and, and you got to go with something else that'll help you get uh, get some more victories and another Grand Slam. We'll see. She said, I need somebody who's had that professional tour experience. So we'll see. She's, yeah. she's a major champion either way. Uh, more news for Emma. Playing with tennis royalty, or, or just royalty. She's tennis royalty. Playing with the Duchess of Cambridge. And this is what happens. You become a U.S. Open champion. You get that you know, deal with Tiffany and company, you become a millionaire, and, and now you're just hanging out with Kate, right, life, Amanda? Life comes at you fast, and <laughs> you think about Emma Raducanu, I mean, literally just a couple of months ago, had not even gotten into a Grand Slam on her own yet, uh, and, and here she is, U.S. Open champion, rubbing shoulders with royalty, and, you know, really just becoming an icon. I mean, she is a huge superstar, and, uh, you know, we'll see kind of how she handles it, how she continues to progress in her career. But exciting times for her. And hopefully, you know, she's got that good support around her to help navigate. Love to see that. Meantime, Rafa Nadal, uh, we miss him at the Labor Cup. We miss him on tour. But being based in L.A., we're going to check this out. Tatel, new restaurant in Beverly Hills. And Rafa Nadal is one of the investors alongside Pau Gasol as well as Cristiano Ronaldo. Nick, when are we getting the reservation? I mean, I'm trying to put it in for tonight. I mean, where are we going? Are we going to shoot you to text the Ronaldo to see if we can make it in there tonight? That looks like that place is bumping yeah. great energy. That looks awesome. I mean, Steve, that is your kind of place. That, that's it looks Steve, like they, that's have, all they Steve. have good class, drinks, class, right? Class. I mean, we you know the vibe. You know the vibe, Steve. <laughs> keep it class, baby. Can we get Francis to go with us, too? Uh, some news from our uh, Tennis Channel family member. As well, oh, 
No more tweets. We had Dominic Team. No more tweets, <laughs> but I'm being told. Just Shut it Dominic down. Team. We've, we've got players still to get to. There's John Isner getting ready for the doubles. Side plank. I like that. For Big John. The yoga moves. Soho Yoga, Hermosa Beach. Check it out. Andre Rublev, Diego Schwartzman. Coming up shortly. Skills. Look at the movement, racket head control of Nadal. And just add that to what is an ever-growing highlight. Bubble fly! Out of this world. Talked about the athleticism on this court. Spectacular. Well, can't wait to add some more to the best of the best Labor Cup history. Three years. This is the fourth showing of the Labor Cup. We've been with you for, what, past hour and ten minutes? Getting you from the day session Are to we the night leaving? session? No, we're here. I mean, we're, we're hanging. We're going to stay we're hanging. here. Yeah. All night. Yeah. All night. We're going to call the matches as well. Actually, you are going to call the yeah. first That's match. True. Andre Rublev and Diego Schwartzman will start us off. Getting you caught up on where we stand right now. Team Europe, 2-0 over Team World. Team Europe has never lost the Labor Cup. They have held that thing for three straight years. Matteo Berrettini coming back against Felix Ojealiasim. So can Diego Schwartzman put Team World on the board? And then we've got some doubles action. Isner Shapovalov taking on Zverev and Berrettini. Let's discuss match one. So when you were prepping for the match you're about to call with Brett Haber, what stood out to you with Rublev and Schwartzman? Well, I mean, they talked about the battle they had on the red clay four years ago. I mean, you can sometimes throw that out, both players in very different places. you got to maybe give the slight edge to Rublev in terms of the type of tennis he's been playing more recently, the year he's had, and he hits the ball big. But these courts, we've talked about it, they are a little bit slow. I think it's going to give Schwartzman a little more time, similar to the red clay, give him a little more time to catch up to some of the big forehands from Rublev. If he can spread the court a little bit, Schwartzman, I think he could have the edge for me in terms of the surface. But 
Schwartzman, he's not won a lot of matches recently, so we'll see kind of where his confidence is at the start. I like how you said that, just spreading the court. So because Schwartzman's going to have more time, he's going to be able to spread the court on Rublev. If you're not able to spread it and he's in the middle of the court, I mean, he hits, Rublev hits massive from the baseline. So that's going to be a huge key for Schwartzman. But like you said, maybe not a lot of confidence. He lost to an 18-year-old with no ranking in Davis Cup last week, then won another match after that. But Maybe a little confidence issue for Schwartzman, but Rublev will absolutely be torquing the ball today. That is for sure. Uh, Diego said the best thing about the Labor Cup is that he has found his two brothers, John Isner and Riley Opelka. <laughs> they don't know who the mother is. They're still looking. The third bots. <laughs> the the bots. bots. Yeah. Bots and Schwartzman. <laughs> you got to love that, uh, yeah. the, the triplets that we have there. Uh, let's go to our doubles expert for our doubles match. We've got Shapovalov teaming up with big John Isner, one of the bots. And then on the other side, we've got Berrettini and Zverev. Uh, who are you taking here? I mean, I got to go with Isner and Chapo. I mean, I'd love to see Team World get on the, get on the board. And, and Isner, I mean, obviously he serves so big, so it, he's going to be able to hold serve. And for Chapo, he plays amazing doubles, normally returns on the deuce side, doesn't miss a return on that side, and his second balls on that side as well are extremely fast. And so if they can get the balls at the net at Berrettini and Zvera, Berrettini and Zvera aren't as comfortable at the net, so if Chapo can maybe tag a few with them, They'll be in good shape. And so also Berrettini might be a little tired from this singles match. So, mm. you know, I, I favor Isner and Chapo in this one. I say doubles expert. We've got a Grand Slam doubles champion. <laughs> True. Right exactly. Uh, yeah. so. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, Chanda, Chan, what, what, what does Isner and, and Chapo need to do tonight? Well, I mean, you know, how am I going to follow up what Nick just said? He, he laid it all out perfectly. Yeah. But, no, I, I think they do have more of that comfort level coming in, you know, playing that style of tennis. And on these courts, in doubles, with it being a little slow, I think there will be more opportunities to get mm. forward, especially after the serve on returns, um, you know, to sneak in, just put a little more pressure um, on the other side. I think for Berrettini and Zverev, that will be a little tougher for them. They are not going to just be able to hit through those yeah. two guys half court. So I would give the edge to Isner and Shapovalov and Team World. They need a win. So if, if they can't get it in this first singles, they will absolutely need that double. Got to get out of day one with yeah. at least Something. a point. Some Something. momentum. Something. At least a point heading into day two. That will do it for the extended version of TC Live. We've got the big match coming up next. Diego, what's he got there? A little tea? Something. I think it's some Argentinian tea. He's, he's chilling. <laughs> he's chilling. <laughs> Medvedev checking his social media. Berrettini back in the team room getting stretched out. He's, he's got double duty, singles and doubles today. Rublev Schwartzman coming up next with Brett and Chanda.